Well, hey, um, you know, we've been uh, on vacation, and so is our main man from ESPN.com, but he's back, he's rested, and he's on his way to the Open Championship on Friday. So we're going to check in, spend a few minutes with Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, how's it going, guys? We are doing well, and, um, boy, uh, we're gearing up for the third major. Let's talk uh, real briefly about what happened at the Greenbrier. Tell us about Ted Potter and Troy Kelly. Again, some names uh, that probably weren't in the uh, pool last week. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so, and, uh, you know, I'd be, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, I would have had a hard time telling you or identifying Troy Kelly, you know, I, I there's an honest man. Heard, yeah, heard the name and you know, but but was not a guy who was doing a whole lot out there and was way way down in the world rankings. And you know, here he is. He finds himself in a playoff and he didn't win, but he he, he obviously helped himself greatly towards getting his card and he got himself in the in the Open Championship because of it. So, uh, and, and Ted Potter's a little bit more well known, more, more though, because he, he missed 24 cuts on the, on the nationwide tour a couple of years ago. Uh, and, How about that uh, turnaround? Somehow found his way onto the PGA Tour by having some success last year, despite having no status at the beginning of the year. Monday qualified, won a tournament, you know, one thing led to another, and there he was earning his PGA Tour card. But even before last week, he had missed five straight cuts, you know. So if, when, when you talk about how hard it is to predict a golf tournament, I mean, let's, let's be honest. That, um, you know, nobody in the world picks those guys to, to even finish in the top 20 probably, and, and there they were playing off for the title. Well, I don't think anybody was expecting both Phil and Tiger to miss the cut. No, no, and it's the first time it's ever happened as, they've, as um, pros for those guys. In the same tournament, of course, Tigers only missed nine, uh, and and uh, so the, you know the odds are pretty pretty low that they were both going to miss in the same event when one guy's only missed nine. Uh, you know, really, that's probably the more remarkable thing is that he hasn't missed more. You know, guys just miss cuts. I mean, Phil has missed 64 cuts in his career, and we don't even seize on that or even blink at it. You know, he's played for 20 years. And he's missed 64 cuts. So, you know, what is that? It's an average of about three a year, three yeah, or four amazing. a year. You know, and, ty- and which is and it's just sort of normal. If a guy plays 22, 25 times, he's going to probably miss two or three or four cuts. Tiger's only missed nine in 17 years. So, uh, and it's been you know four now in the last three years. Uh, this is only the second time he's missed two in one year, but the last time was 05, and you know he won two majors that year. So. You know what happens? Guys miss cuts, and it's not like he shot 80. He did he did sh- shoot even par and missed the cut at a place where you just have to make a lot of birdies if you want to contend. Were you surprised, though, coming off the win at Congressional? Yeah, I, I, I was. Um, you know, he just seemed to be a little bit off. And uh, a, a, another problem, you know, or a, a, a sort of a constant problem was apparent was he was very poor with his wedges and nine irons, the scoring clubs, with his distance control. He just seems to, you know, he seems to hit it as close to the hole from 180 yards as he does from 120. And that 180-yard shot to 30 feet is really good, or to 25 feet. 
but the 120-yard shot to 25 or 30 feet is not. You know, you're just not going to make a lot of 30-footers. You can't expect to. I mean, the, I think the percentage is between 5 and 10% of those are hold. You know, and, and you've got to be knocking your wedges and nine irons to 10, 12 feet and, and rolling a few of those in. And he, that's sort of been a problem. It, it's, it's like the last piece, I think, to come together in, in the Sean Foley swing. You know, he seems to be hitting the driver pretty good. He's getting it in play a lot. The stinger is back, that two-iron stinger. Um, you know, he hits the three-wood and the five-wood off the tee a lot and seems to be shaping it the way he likes. Certainly he misses them once in a while, but for the most part, he's hitting those shots. He's hitting the long irons uh, very nicely. He's, um, he's been putt- when, he, when, he play well, when he plays well, he's been putting decently, but he's not getting the ball close enough. And on a course like the Greenbrier, which was relatively short by tour standards, you better be giving yourself a lot of birdie chances and, you know, you got to make four, five, or six birdies in a round uh, to offset the occasional mistake, and he was not doing that. Well, looking ahead to Royal Witham and St. Anne's, not the typical open championship venue, uh, three par threes on the front nine, uh, going to be an interesting track. How do you think it's going to uh, fare for Tiger? Yeah, I, I think it's 34-36 is the, um, is the configuration. And not only are the three par threes on the front, but there's, I think there are, I think there's one par five on the front, one on the back, but the last six holes are par fours. And, um, which is unusual, uh, to have six straight par fours. Uh, and it's kind of like your typical links. The prevailing wind has the holes, is, is, is your downwind going out and then your end of the wind coming back. You, you need to make, make your, Pay, so to speak, early. You better you better get under par or or be doing okay for the first nine or ten holes because coming back you're holding on for dear life. Uh, so how does it suit him? Um, you know he's played there twice. Ninety six was his last pro event as an amateur. You might remember he turned pro about a month later uh, and actually had a really it was probably his best performance as an amateur. In a, in a, in a pro event, he, he actually shot a 66 during the second round, and it was sort of like the last piece to the puzzle for him to make up his mind to turn pro. Uh, he didn't contend, but he, he had a nice tournament. In 01, he didn't really contend. He was around 20th place or so, but he shot good scores. It, 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 that year when Duval won, it, it wasn't you know it wasn't like a brutal test. I think 10 under one or something, uh, but. Um, what I see as being a, a, a good for him is it's a course where he's going to have to be, he doesn't have to worry about hitting a lot of drivers because it's not long. Uh, and maybe he can get that stinger in play. It's got 200-some bunkers. So the guys who find those bunkers off the tee are going to be the ones who struggle. And I think he's been doing pretty well at that part of the game. I think he's been you know, placing his ball nicely. Uh, you know, uh, Obviously at the U.S. Open, the third and fourth rounds he didn't do that but but there he was con- confronted with brutal rough just missing a fairway that's not so much the case at the open i mean you can play the ball from the rough as long as you avoid those pot bunkers and you know i don't think it's a birdie fest like we saw at the greenbrier so uh, again he's had a a pretty solid year of hitting greens in regulation if he does that there 
then I would not be surprised at all if he has a good week. Um, looking at the, uh, I guess we could call the big three in terms of the Euros, um, with Luke Donald and Rory and Lee Westwood, um, I would say the lights are shining on them. They're pretty bright. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, you know, Luke had a bad U.S. Open and 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 uh, hasn't played since. Uh, he's playing this week at the Scottish Open where he's defending. Uh, you know, those, all three of those guys, the shine has come off a little bit. You know, Rory has struggled. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open, had a decent Irish Open. Uh, Westwood just played in, in France. Um, you know, time's running out. I'm sure they all, not for Rory, but for the other two guys, and you know, I'm sure Rory wants to get back on track, and he's not really, it's kind of funny, you know, he grew up in Northern Ireland and played Lynx golf like growing up, but he's really much more of an American-style player. Likes to hit the high ball, likes to hit it, hit it far, and his game isn't really suited to that kind of golf. It's going to be interesting to see how he does. I mean, last year he actually kind of complained about it a little bit at Royal St. George's. You know, the weather wasn't good. It doesn't look like the weather's going to be great. Next week, um, they've had a very rainy summer, um, so how that plays in uh, is going to be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's going to be eyes on a lot of people. We're on this run now, 15 straight different major winners, nine first-time major winners. I mean, there's, you know, I, I think when you've had that kind of a trend, it just sort of makes you think that there's a lot of different guys that could win. Uh, and and maybe even some first timers that we that we're not thinking about. Be fun to see uh, how the odds makers are uh, are sharpening their pencils over there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to make Tiger a favorite for sure, and Rory, I'm sure. Uh, but you know, it's um, I, I don't know how you pick a favorite. Uh, it, it's a golf course that's that's not well known by a lot of players. I mean, you know, some of the veteran guys have played it. Uh, Padraig Harrington played it as an amateur. He's played in a couple opens, but it's still it's different. I mean, they've 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 added some length. They've moved some tees around. Um, it's not like a you know it's not like a tour course that a guy gets to know real well. So uh, again and again, a lot of times the conditions change, and you know they practice in one kind of weather, and it's it's completely different when the tournament begins or it's raining. And you know over there they don't stop for the rain. There's no thunderstorms. The course is drained, so there's no worry about puddling or any of that stuff. So, you know, they play through it. If it's raining sideways, they're playing, and and uh, and, and that no is... No timeouts uh, over there. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's one of the things that makes it kind of cool. Yeah. You know, you know Bob... You get a thun- thunderstorm over here, and guy, the guys, guys got to come off the course. You know, Bob, uh, plus you've got the Olympics uh, starting up over there. I'm sure the uh, people are arriving, uh, news people... Uh, so, you know, this is going to be a big deal. A uh, couple of busy, you know, maybe a busy month right o- over there yeah. in uh, England. Yeah, the the, um, the Olympics begin on the Friday afterward in London. Thankfully, it's, you know, it's a couple hours away uh, and not necessarily the same airport. But nonetheless, there will be the buzz, and I'm sure there will be some people that are, are coming through there. But uh, you know they've, they're sort of lamenting their their bad weather. You know they've had a bunch of bad weather, and um, you know hopefully for them it's going to clear up in time for the Olympic Games at least. It, you going to hang not out? As much of a factor, it's not as much of a factor in the golf, but it certainly will be for that. You going to hang around for a couple of days after and uh, check out some Olympic events? 
No, I will be home to watch it on TV. You know, our schedule <laughs> like gets, smart gets, guy. <laughs> our schedule gets hectic after that too. There's only one week after the Open, and then and then the Bridgestone and the PGA Championship. So it's it's really kind of a sprint to the finish here. There's a lot of big golf coming up starting with next week. I know it's hard to believe we're uh, already into the middle of July. Seems like the yeah, plus right. you got the seniors uh, playing their uh, their open, and then the British Senior Open back to back. So uh, there'll be plenty of golf being played here in the next few weeks. That's right. No doubt, no doubt. Well, uh, have a great trip over there, Bob, and hopefully maybe we can we can catch you while you're over there. Uh, what's what's your favorite part about going across the pond? You get to cover all these events. What makes the Open Championship different? I did, I just think it's the style of golf. It's just so completely different. We don't have it here. Um, you know, these are old historic courses that seem to stand up through the test, you know, through time. Uh, and uh, it's just fun to see them. You know, it's fun to watch the strategy. They're fun to play, too. Um, you know, for the average guy, if you're playing the right tees, you know, you're not dealing with a lot of forced carries and um, things like that. You can run the ball. You can you can hit a shot that lands 30 yards short of the green and it runs on. In fact, sometimes you have to play them that way. And I think that's kind of neat. It's just a different mindset, and it's uh, it's really neat to watch. And makes for fun TV viewing. So we will Absolutely. be we will be watching Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Check him out online. Check him out on ESPN TV and with the Golf Insiders every week. We appreciate all you do. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, guys. Take care. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 1080 ESPN Orlando. We've got Brian Hewitt from Global Golf Post coming up next. Stay with us. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking for guilt. Got the struggles blue. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home. There wins the by four in the house. Holly G, along with Rich B. Rich, it's been so long since I picked up a stick, I think I would be shanking my three iron into the back of your head. But, hey, we'll be teeing it up at the Shingle Creek Monday after the major open number three. If you play golf, we hope you're planning to play in the third of our four two-person golf scrambles. That would be Tuck and O'Neill's famous Monday after the majors. Uh, beautiful Shingle Creek Golf Club, just 69 bucks, includes the golf. A sleeve of Pro V1s. Hey, Rich B. Uh, on-course drinks, lunch, and a chance to win great prizes. Brought to you by City Kia on South Orange Blossom Trail, where everyone's a winner. And our favorite beer, Yingling. Yingling. <laughs> America's <laughs> oldest brewery. Free so beer. Sign up at ESPNFlorida.com. Plenty of spaces left. 830 Shotgun. This thing is a lot of fun. Grab a friend and come July out and play. 25th. Monday, j- 23rd. July 23rd. July 23rd, Monday. All right. We got to jump. Uh, you got another one quick, Rich Yeah, B? I got a Hunter's Creek promo. All right. Hunter's Creek. It. Yeah, here we go. Hang 10 promo. 10 rounds of golf with free range balls. $225. How's that, Holly? That'll get you out. I think uh, our, our next man may be heading out there and work on his game a little bit because we've got Brian Hewitt from Global Golf Post. Hey, Brian. 
Holly, I always need work on my game. Oh, man, I'm telling you. I haven't uh, picked up a stick in so long, I'm going to have to start playing croquet. Um, but, of course, you are the man to go to because we're talking countdown to the Open Championship. Exactly seven days, 12 hours, 31 minutes, and 52 seconds. And I know uh, you have been across the pond a few times, Brian. So uh, tell us what you think Royal Litham and St. Anne's is going to uh, dole out to the players next week. Well, I have been over there a few times. Uh, uh, I was standing behind the green uh, in 1999 when uh, Jean Vandeveld. Uh, I thought it was Royal Litham where that wonderful. Well, actually, it was Carnoustie. But, escapade but, played but, out. Oh, I thought it was Royal Litham. No, it was it was Carnoustie. A Litham, Litham. If if now now I'm gonna. I'm going to do an I think. It, uh, I, Lytham is the place where I believe um, that Tom Lehman won and, uh, and and became number one for a week. Lytham is also the place, if I remember correctly, that has, it's the first hole is a par three. And Correct. It, it's the one where uh, Ian Woosnam's caddy forgot to take one of the drivers out yes. of the bag. And, uh, <laughs> and Ian Woosnam was very much in contention on the weekend and had to ha- have a two-shot penalty before he even got started. Uh, or I should say, as soon as he hit his tee ball on the first hole, uh, he, his caddy had to give him the bad news. His caddy ended up being fired. That's Lytham. Lytham's about 30 miles south of London, uh, and and I and I couldn't help today. I looked at the 10-day uh, in advance forecast, which you can do with weather.com, and uh, you know we're down here in Central Florida suffering with the heat, like most of the country is. The uh, the first two days at Lytham. The temperature is not supposed to get above 65 degrees Fahrenheit, and the 60% chance of rain both days. So ouch! I, so, we, but, but but ouch is right. But we love that, don't we? Don't we love watching that on TV? <laughs> we we do. We just hope they have better rain gear than the the Ryder Cup team had a few years ago. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh my goodness. Well, um, hey, you guys cover. Uh, you know, the Euro is probably better than anybody. Um, you know, when we look at, we were talking earlier about Luke Donald and Lee Westwood and Roy, who have all kind of struggled this year. Yeah. But I would think, you know, they're playing in front of uh, their homies, and uh, the pressure is on them to, you know, step up and, uh, and and win one. Well, it's it's kind of wild. I was I was crunching some numbers today, uh, working on some advanced pieces. Uh, we all know that the last 15 majors have been won by 15 different players, which is is really sort of astonishing. Um, I was also crunching some numbers about how the number one player in the world has done in major championships since they started the the world rankings officially in 1986, and um, Interesting, I'm going to give you some numbers here, and, and, and you guys can react. Starting in 1986, there have been um, 106 major championships played since then. The player that was ranked number one going into the major championship during that period of time uh, has only won 14 times. And here's where it gets even more interesting. 11 of those 14 were Tiger Woods. Uh, and if you can tell me who the other three were, I'll give you a large sum of money. But I'm going to tell you right now, Seve Ballesteros, Fred Couples, and Ian Woosnam were the only other three players other than Tiger Woods since the world rankings have been in existence to have won a major championship when they were number one going into the tournament. 
What does that mean for this week? Well, it means that the guy on the hot seat is Luke Donald, and I am very intrigued by the fact that uh, that Luke Donald is over there with his coach Pat Goss, who's also the head coach at Northwestern, where Luke played his college golf, and they have been working a little bit on Luke's long game with Pete Cowan, who, uh, by most accounts, is the best teaching pro, the best uh, guru, tour pro guru over in Europe. I got a hunch that that's the right move for Luke Donald, and to come to the end of this long uh, soliloquy, I really like Luke Donald's chances at Royal Lytham. Wow. Hey, how about that? I can just see Brian in the middle of the night, sits up in bed like, yep. I got it. I've yep. been crunching these numbers. Yep. Yeah, is that, that just sketch going? The glow-in-the-dark <laughs> just sketch. That's my, that's my job. You know, I, got, I have no life, you know. <laughs> That's a that's a great uh, that's a great stat. Uh, you know, and you said 1986, and uh, was that the year uh, uh, Nicholas won at the Masters? It was, and the number one ranked player at that time, the first player ever to be ranked number one on on the World Golf Rankings, was Bernhard Langer. Uh, and and it's also interesting to note that that Nick Faldo, who has spent a fair amount of weeks on the uh, at number one during his career. Of all of his, the six majors that he won, he never won a major when he was when he went into the tournament ranked number one in the world. So it's it's uh, and 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 part of this statistic uh, also, I think you know it's so easy to to, to bash Tiger, uh, and, and and I've engaged in a little of that myself, uh, and some of it he's deserved, but you know he won eleven uh, eleven majors when he was ranked number one in the world, and only three other guys have ever done that. That's pretty impressive. Um, turning to Tiger, yes. um, somebody was sharing some interesting statistics with me yesterday about kind of the gaps between, you know, uh, I guess two, two years it's averaged out with Tiger's majors, and um, if you were to uh, accrue those numbers over, say, the next 10 years, if Tiger fails to win a major this year based on what's happened, if you kind of run those numbers through your head on whether or not he will surpass Nicholas? Well, you know, there. I, I think it was I think it was Mark Twain who said there are uh, there are lies, damn lies, and there are statistics. Uh, so you can kind of you can kind of run these numbers any way you want to. I I, I think that 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 Tiger is uh, uh, clearly well. Let me back up a second. Uh, and I wrote this in Global Golf Post last week. The difference, in my opinion, the difference between Tiger then. And when I say then, I mean 2000, when he was arguably at his peak, and Tiger now, uh, who is a guy who has won three times on tour this year and is and is the front runner for Player of the Year. The difference between Tiger then and Tiger now is the difference between the words dominant and dangerous. He is no longer dominant, but he is very dangerous. And and to get back to your question, Holly, and I, I don't know if I'm going to answer it, uh, but but I think he's. Uh, just being dangerous at age 36, uh, I think he'll be effective in majors for another 14 years. What's 14 times four? That's 56. So he's got 56 shots at at climbing past Nicholas um, as a dangerous player. I think he will surpass. In my opinion, I think he will surpass Jack Nicholas uh, on the on the major championship list. And um, how do you think uh, Royal Lytham is going to? Uh 
is is going to shape up for you know, Tiger. Because you know, if he's playing a golf course he likes, yeah, he's he's in the hunt for sure. Well, no doubt between Bay Hill Memorial and Congressional. <laughs> well, and you know, um, Rich, you know this. I, I, Tiger seems to do do his best work uh, in in major in the in the British Open or the Open Championship, if you will. When he when when the driver is basically a boutique club, when maybe he hits it three four five times, I think it was at at, at Liverpool uh, where he didn't hit a driver the entire week and and just dusted the field. I've been very impressed by his iron play, his iron play off the tee uh, in his last two wins. I, I, I you know he's he's shaping the ball, he's compressing the ball, he's flighting the ball. His trage, to use his word, is 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 is, is spot on. I like Tiger very much this week at Royal Lytham. I don't think Royal Lytham is a, is a golf course where he's going to have to hit his driver a lot. Yeah, and and accuracy and strategy will be key. Mm-hmm. And I think um, uh, this this could set up very well for Tiger. Uh, before we let you go, Brian, who uh, who's your dark horse? Ooh, Ted uh, Potter Jr. <laughs> well, that's a very dark horse. Um, Oh man, I, I have to think about that a little bit. Um, I, well, you know, I, the, the best I can come up with right now is you guys are familiar with the uh, with the phrase "Beware the wounded golfer." Um, Lee Westwood has had a couple of. I, I think he tripped over somebody else's caddy or something and hurt his foot in the last couple of weeks. He, he's always a factor, uh, uh, almost always a factor over there in the Open Championship. If 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 I can. Whatever he is, two or three or four in the world, if I'm allowed to call out a dark horse, I would say Lee Westwood. Hey, and that would be great because, uh, you know, it's uh, it's big-time stuff going on over there in uh, England on the island. I mean, it is the epicenter of sports over there for the next month. Indeed. Are you heading over, Brian, or will you be uh, kicking back in the uh, Barca lounger? No, I I, I don't do them all. I get to sort of pick my shots. I, I will be kicking back in the Barca lounger. I will be at the PGA Championship. Uh, at uh, at Kiowa next month, and I will be very much looking forward to the Ryder Cup uh, at the end of September in my in my home hood, Chicago. That's right. Uh, uh, but but this one I'll be watching on TV, and I love getting up at whatever it is seven in the morning, turning on the TV, and 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 seeing these guys suffering through the bad weather live. I, I the, agree. The, the, Put the, a little amaretto in the Java yeah. and uh, yeah. just kick back. But the British Open for, for a lot of reasons is actually. Better better watched on TV than it is actually being there. Yeah, I, I hear you, absolutely. Well, thanks so much. As always, Brian Hewitt, Global Golf Post. Check it out. You can sign up for free and get it every Monday morning, 7 a.m. It's the best. Thank you, Brian, so much. Thank you, too, both. All Bye-bye. right. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 1080 ESPN. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Oh, my I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back to Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G along with Rich B. Countdown to the British Open. Or the Open Championship, as they like to say over there. Seven days, 12 hours, 18 minutes, and 8 seconds, Rich B. 
I just can't wait. I mean, you know, everybody loves to watch it. You know why? Because it comes on early over here. And you get to wake up in the morning, check it out, a little cup of coffee, and uh, watch these guys. Uh, Forget yeah. champagne at Wimbledon. I say <laughs> champagne at the Open Championship. And we've got to go to our main man from the Orlando Sentinel to get his take. And I'm sure he's packing his bags right now. Jeff Shane. Hello. <laughs> Seven days and 12 hours? I'm looking at my watch, and I'm, I'm, I'm figuring that it's about seven days and seven hours, because they're going to tee off at 1.30 in the morning our time. Oh, my. Oh, listen to this stats, man. Yeah, Everybody's like talking that. stats we tonight. love that. Yeah, you know, nothing like waking up and turning on the TV, and there they are, the blowing wind on the Isle of uh, I figured maybe England. You, I figure maybe, Jeff, you thought you were running out of time to do your laundry and, you know, <laughs> get the heck out of town. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I did some of it last night, and uh, the rest will be done here in the next couple days before I jump on the plane on Sunday. Well, um, have you have you been to Royal Lytham before? Uh, actually, yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, that was the uh, second Open I covered. Uh, I go uh, going back to David Duval's win eleven years ago. So uh, I don't remember a whole lot about the place. I remember a little bit about uh, going out on the. Uh, on the beach out of Blackpool one day and, uh, and, and trying to just kind of figure out where I was going and what I was doing because, uh, it was, uh, all still new and different to me. You know, I know he's not that old, but it seems like David Duval won about 20 years ago. I don't know. It's only been 11, huh? Yeah, I know. It, it, it's weird. And I suppose we all knew that, uh, there, you know, this was going to come up when we got back to Lytham, but you're right. It, it it feels like a lot longer ago than it really is. It feels like that, uh, you know, he's, you know, about three years from the Champions Tour, right? Uh, <laughs> that could be his next big uh, hit there. Um, well, hey, speaking of which, Champions Tour, uh, Kirk Triplett winning this past weekend, and they've got their uh, Senior Open Championship coming up in Michigan this week. That's right, and this is the, uh, I, I, I lose count, this is the fourth major of the five that, that they've got, and uh, uh, this year it's at Indian Wood Country Club, uh, a classic old course, and, uh, you know, the, the Champions Tour doesn't doesn't uh, get a lot of attention on its majors, but uh, this one, this one, you know, ought to be interesting. At least, it, you know, it's in a good spot on the schedule. The LPGA is not playing, we're, we're still a week out from the British Open, so they'll get a little bit more attention than they have perhaps in some of their others. What were your thoughts on um, the U.S. Women's Open out at uh, Black Wolf Run this past weekend and uh, N.Y. Choi uh, kind of uh, winning pretty resoundedly, minus seven, and taking it by four shots? Well, she just, I, I think her, her round on Saturday um, has to go down as one of the best U.S. women's open rounds ever. 65. Woo. 65 when the field average that day was, was 77. And, uh, it, it was, it was stunningly efficient. It didn't have a whole lot of, you know, highlights that uh, you can play back on the, uh, evening sports report and things like that, but she just made a string of birdies. She made five birdies out of six. Uh, middle of her round, and all of a sudden you look up, and you know she was two shots off the lead or whatever, and, and all of a sudden you look up and she's five shots in front, and you're thinking, wait a minute, <laughs> what happened here? A machine. I you mean... know she, uh, she, you know on Sunday, Jeff, she got away with some stuff. Uh, she hit it in some bad spots, and managed to pull out some great, great golf shots. And you know I did, I did watch some of it, but uh, 
I mean, it was amazing that she, you know, she could have really went bad with that round. Uh, you know, very easily it could have went the, the other way for her. Well, you're absolutely right. And in, in fact, I wrote that just as the first Women's Open of Black Wolf run is remembered for the shot that Sayre Pock hit standing calf deep in water at number 18. I think if you were to pick one shot out of this Women's Open, you would pick the shot that uh, that, that Nyon Choi hit uh, off the hillside at 12 from the knee-high grass when uh, they were seriously, seriously contemplating taking an unplayable like that they couldn't figure out where to drop it next. So they went ahead and hit it, and she hit it 18 feet from the, from the uh, flagstick and then sank the putt. I think that turned uh, – it, it didn't necessarily turn uh, – it turned her momentum and, and saved her round. And, and that's probably the shot that's going to stand out most about this particular women's open. We're talking to Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel. So this week, uh, the John Deere Classic out in Illinois uh, – also known as Steve Stricker's ATM. Exactly. Oh, Stricker, Jeff uh, Overton, Zach Johnson, a few of the uh, standouts, I guess. Um, not, you know, the deepest field. Wait, wait. I got my four. Bart Bryant, Duffy Waldorf, John Daly, and Jason Gore. That's my four. <laughs> <laughs> Low score four. Well, I, I, I tell you what, right now, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, Steve Stricker knows that place better than anybody. It's it, uh, you figure that the that the um, uh, the strings got to come to an end, you know, at, at some point. But uh, he he has really you know made a nice run at it. If Steve Stricker wins this week, he will become just the fifth man to win the same event four consecutive times. And consecutive. If you, yes. If you uh, and if you take Tiger Woods out of the equation, all of the other guys were in the 1920s or earlier. Uh, Gene Sarazen did it in Miami, 1926 to 1930. Uh, Walter Hagen did it with the PGA Championship. I believe that was 24 to 27. And then the first one, of course, was young Tom Morris at the Open Championship, where he uh, won three in a row, and they didn't know what to do, so they took the next year off and reorganized it, and he won in the comeback event after that, too. But we're really uh, spouting out some knowledge here. You know, we just had uh, Brian Hewitt from Global Golf Post. I'm telling you, we were and, doing uh, like a Ph.D. of uh, <laughs> digging deep in the weeds tonight. We are crunching numbers tonight. That's awesome. All right. Well, Jeff, uh, as you head over across the pond, who uh, who's who's your favorite? Who who are you getting an inkling for? Well, I I I, I still have this hunch, and 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 it, it blew up, you know, greatly on me last time at Royal St. George's. But I, I still have this have this hunch that if there's if there's going to be a, a place where, where Luke Donald or Lee Westwood win a major, that doing it on home soil in, in kind of home conditions is probably the best spot for them. And so I, I think they've got a, a good chance at it, you know, especially uh, with their ability uh, with the ball striking, because don't forget, Royal Lytham has like 200 bunkers out there, and it's the guy that's going to be able to stay out of those that, that's gonna that's going to do best. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't put Justin Rose, uh, or I would put Justin Rose in that category as well. He's been playing pretty well of late, and uh, again, kind of a home open for him, uh, even though he lives here practically year round now. So uh, those those are the guys that jump to mind quickly for me. Well, have a great trip, and uh, perhaps we'll be able to uh, catch you, uh, you know, about one or two in the morning <laughs> over there next week and give you a little wake up call. 
Well, yeah, we can probably do that. So we'll have to figure out the arrangements uh, once I get to my hotel in Blackpool. All right. Well, uh, be ready to uh, go down the beer list with us and um, find out where the best <laughs> fish and chips are, okay? <laughs> that we can do. All right. Jeff Shea from the Orlando Sentinel. You are listening to the Golf Insiders 1080 ESPN. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel will wrap it up. We'll be right back. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. If we couldn't just make a We're back to Golf Insiders, wrapping up another hour of Intelligent Golf Talk. Countdown to the Open Championship, Rich B. Seven days, 12 hours, 7 minutes, and 12 seconds till those 7 a.m. tee-offs. We'll be watching. That guy's got that great voice. Now on the tee. <laughs> well, we know a guy that's got a that great guy, voice. He's been doing it. And he's it. got great clothes. And his name is Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. <laughs> This guy does it every year for the British Open, and he's got this really high-pitched voice, and he doesn't leave the tee box for like 10 hours. Nothing in, nothing out, he says. He could be very uh, cold and wet this year. But we have Todd on the line, and he's going to give us uh, his prognostications for next week. Hey, Todd. Hey, Rich, were you talking about me and my high voice there? No, that's, you know, the the guy in the first tee at the British Open. I know. I know. <laughs> no, Todd, I wasn't I, I, talking I, about I, you. I, 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 he goes, I think of it goes something like, and now from, from Lake Road, just around. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's him. Yeah. The iconic Claret Jug on the line next week. Give us your three-minute round of Todd. <laughs> Well, I mean, of all the majors, this one is the most unpredictable because of the weather. Um, and, you know, it's a different style of golf course. And the major championship that players are used to playing because you got to keep it on the ground a lot. So that being said, I mean, it's kind of a wild card. And if you and if you look at <laughs> where we had 15 different major champions the last 15 majors. Get out the uh, Ouija board. That's what I say. Nine first-time winners. Uh, so, I mean, this this – this is like this is you know, and I've kind of made these Daytona Talladega references because there's really no favorite in these things in 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 the the Open Championship that is because you just don't know. I mean, is it Tiger Woods? I mean, I was in West Virginia and he just came from Congressional where he won the AT and T National and he misses a cut. Is it Phil Mickelson? He misses a cut. He's got seven straight rounds over par. Uh, is it is it Lou Donald? Is it Lee Westwood, those two guys are carrying all this baggage of, of whether or not they're going to be remembered as great players who can't win a major. Is it Roy McIlroy who's missed cuts? His game is everywhere. So you don't know. You have no clear favorite, not to mention you add the fact that it is this weird-looking course that we Americans aren't very used to seeing, and you got all those elements pounding on people, rain, wind. It's fun. I mean, I love it. I have no idea who's going to win this. You going to be there? No idea. You going to be no there? No idea. It's going to be so. big time fun. Are you going to be there, Todd? 
you know what? I'm going to be uh, in studio anchoring, uh, so I will be dry and fairly warm here in Orlando. <laughs> Very smart. I, clearly, you put the small straw into the hat this week. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I'm good. But the, the following Monday, I go to one of my favorite events, is the uh, RBC Canadian Open. So, uh, so absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, um, you know, outside of, you know, the obvious Tiger and, of course, uh, um, Luke and Lee, uh, in terms of Americans, who do you see that uh, Royal Litham might favor, given that um, it is a bit of a shorter test, might not take the big uh, driver to, and probably better for a lot of these guys if they keep it in their bag? Who, who do you think the course favors? Hmm. Uh, you know, this may sound weird. Uh, but I would be, I would not be surprised if Tom Watson is in the mix on the weekend. Oh, Tom Watson. Tom Watson. I would, not, I would not be surprised if Tom Watson is in the mix. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win, but he play. I mean. How we, great would that be? This, we've talked about this since Turnberry. He, he embraces the British Open or the Open Championship. He, he doesn't. Like most Americans say, oh man, the wind, the rain, all these bunkers you got to put on the ground. He, he loves digging in the dirt, which you've got to do out there. He just made the cut at Greenbrier. Uh, he's playing the U.S. Senior Open this week. He's playing pretty good. Ooh. And, and you know, I I wouldn't be surprised. At least he's playing on the weekend. And who knows? Who knows if there is lightning in the bottle left over from Turnberry. It might squeak into royalism. I, I, I would keep my eye on Tom Watson. I, I, he's playing pretty well right now. I spent some time with him over at the uh, Greenbrier uh, over the weekend, and he's feeling pretty confident about his game. He had one bad hole. He had a nine on number 16. He had a couple in the water. But outside of that, he played beautifully. So, uh, you know, I, don't, don't look out for Tom Watson. I'm not kidding. I love that. I love that. And, um, you know, how about uh, a, a, a dig deep into the uh, back 40 for a dark horse? Uh, wow. You know. One minute. Don't think too long. <laughs> Ted Potter uh, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't give you a dark horse. I'll tell you, if you want me to pick a favorite, I do think if there is a setup, that Luke Donald could win, and maybe this one. It's all going to be relevant how he plays this week in the Scottish Open. He's the defending champion there. If he can establish some confidence going into this major championship, because there's so many bunkers, and he's one of the greatest bunker players on the planet, I, I think that Luke Donald may have a really good shot at finally winning that major this year. Well, and I, you know, I think a deserving, deserving player for sure, and uh, he needs to put that major uh, in his in his trophy case. Uh, can you imagine if Luke Donald and Tom Watson were battling it out in the final group? Oh my gosh! That is going to—that is going to be some me? good ratings for the Golf Channel. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Todd. We appreciate it, and we will be watching, and we'll be watching all your coverage. Thanks so much. Thanks to all Thanks, our guys. golf insiders: Rich B, Brian, Brian Hewitt, Hewitt, Bob Herrick, and our very Jeff favorite Shane. Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel. We will be back, and uh, hey, thank you, our main man behind the glass, looking like Mr. Ted Potter Jr. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye.
This is Genesis Communications. Radio station. WHOO, Cassidy. Sports. Orlando's ESPN 1080. The team. 